The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... A charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long-term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. What's good, y'all, and welcome to In the Deep, a deep league-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcher List Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and I'm joined here once again by my good friend and co-host, Christopher Schwebzy Weber. Schwebzy, how you doing this week, buddy? Hi, friends. It feels really good to have a normal episode again, you know? It does. Because actually. last week last week was, in theory, our first non-off-season podcast of the year, but mm-hmm. since we were recording on the second day of the season, we had no real games to go off of. Now we got games. I love we it. We do have games. We do have we're, games to go off of, which is exciting. Uh, 
Josie, can you remind me what I mean? How are the, how the Mets do in their last series? So we have a new format. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not skim. Let's let's okay. For, first of all, we need to talk about the fact that the the Brewers, I would say, absolutely trounced the Mets. They did. You in know, their series. I I didn't find this out until like game two of the series when uh Mets were sad already. But did you know that the Mets are like something like eighteen and sorry, like three and eighteen in their last bunch of games in Milwaukee? Like uh, appa- yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently the Amfam Clam is just a stadium of death for the New York Mets, and they they very much lived up to that billing in this last series. I don't want to think about it. Well, uh, too bad you're gonna have to. Uh, one other thing that. Uh, Folks that tuned in to our Twitch stream that we did tonight uh, got to see something very fun that happened because the Mets were in town. Uh, I've told the story, I think, to a few people before, but uh, I actually work at a restaurant full time. That's like my normal everyday job. And we cater a breakfast for the Mets pretty much every single time that they come into town. So very often we get to deliver uh, a catering meal to the stadium. I never get to meet like any of the players or anything like that. It's nothing crazy. but um. Whenever they're in town, they always get food from our restaurant. Uh, I actually got one of the Mets players to visit the restaurant on one of the game days uh, and got to surprise Shrubsy by showing him that I met Pete Alonzo. <laughs> My very favorite player in all of baseball. Which is incredible. Uh, I was able to meet Pete Alonso, talk to him. He was very, very nice. Him and his wife were wonderful uh, guests at the restaurant. They were very nice to their server and to the entire staff, which I appreciated, obviously. He was nice enough to uh, talk to me for a hot minute and then also take a photo and sign a small little uh, bit of receipt paper because it's the only thing that I had for him to sign, uh, which I will be giving to Schwebzy when I go to the Pitcherless meetup in May in New York. So I'm very excited for that. But yes, I got to surprise Schwabs you by. It was so hard to keep my mouth shut for 2 days. <laughs> oh my god. But see, that's why I always uh, like 100 all the time, 100% of the time, I always have on my person an 8x10 glossy photograph of Pete Alonso and a Sharpie just in case. It's like it's it's like, it's like a young actor's headshot. Yeah, you never know. Just incredibly embarrassing. I don't think it's embarrassing. Well, <laughs> speak for, speak for no that was that was so nice I'm, I, I'm i'm so excited for you to come to new york or, or go to new york and me to also go to new york now that i'm no longer a, a northeasterner and I, I have moved i've left but we, we to, are we get, to, we get to breathe the same air it's gonna we're gonna converge we're going to converge on on new york we can't stay together for meetup. too long we can't stay together for too long otherwise it's just too power, powerful the universe <laughs> the, can't handle it the vibes will be too good just too too strong too good uh all right so we're gonna do kind of a similar thing as we did last week where we're gonna be going into basically a breakdown like division by division team by team about players that we found interesting that are underneath that 20 percent threshold uh for you deep league folks uh and also we're gonna do a deep dive still so we're each gonna take take on a single player that we kind of wanted to cover i cheated and chose two and just went a little bit shallower with each of them uh but yeah that's kind of going to be the for the time being at least the uh the model that we're going to follow moving forward so yeah we're going to start with our deep dives uh just 
for you folks at home so you full full disclosure we're recording this on a thursday night after all the thursday oh, games good point so good if point. anything happens if anything really important happens on friday I'm, I'm sorry we're going to miss it for for you and we're not going to be able to report it and give our takes on it but just for, for just just so you guys can have some consolation know that the reason that we're doing this is because my mom is going to be staying with me for a week and she's arriving tomorrow so know that if you guys are suffering for a lack of information from us know that i'm suffering too wow just roasting your mother so aggressively on the podcast i love you mom (laughs) does your mom listen to the podcast i know my parents don't she'll probably listen to this episode unprompted just because i said that See, I know that the last time I asked my parents if they ever listened to the podcast, like we listened to it like five minutes that we didn't understand anything you were talking about at all. Yeah, well, we'll see if she makes it five minutes into this episode. I'll, I'll, I'll know. I'll get a message. I'm excited for that for that update in a couple of days. Uh, all right, Schwabzi, let's hop into a couple deep dives here at the top of the episode. Let's start with you. You want to cover Jorge Soler? Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Jorge Soler. I brought Indeed. yeah I I brought Solera up very briefly on our last episode because we did get the first day of games before our podcast and I got to see Solera take the Mets very very deep. Uh and w- what I said on, on that episode was that if he's back he's going to provide league winning type of production, you know, as as much as any one player can provide league winning production. We you know, we we I, I'm guilty of this too. We use that term too loosely in the fantasy world, but I'm hyping him up. So league winner. Uh, the good version of Jorge Soler is just bar none one of the best power hitters in baseball. Pretty much his whole game is predicated around being one of our favorite types of player, the big boy that hits ball hard. At since the beginning of Baseball Savant's data, which is goes back to 2015. Jorge Soler has never been lower than 94th percentile in max exit velo, and he's never been lower than 82nd percentile in barrel rate. With a lot of those years in between are are like 98th or 99th percentile. This is just a lot of words to say that Soler has the kind of power that very, very few hitters can match. Now, year to year, that top-end power hasn't changed, but the production has changed wildly, like the actual stats he puts out. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, are the non-power traits that help him get to his power going to be good enough this year to to lead to a good solar year or a bad solar year? I think we we kind of first have to determine what makes a good and bad solar year, like what goes into a bad year versus a good year for him. And I think the main thing to understanding what makes solar tick is that the man just loves a good four-seam fastball. I wish I loved anything as much as Jorge Soler loves crushing four-seam fastballs. Since 2018, Jorge Soler has produced 55 run value on four-seamers. The next highest for him for any pitch type is 10. So he's produced five times as much value hitting four-seamers as he has any other pitch. He's done, he basically, he's done most of the damage against pitchers in his career, off of that one pitch, like even accounting for number of pitches thrown. He's got 92 of his 137 career home runs off of fastballs. That this that includes all fastballs, so, so cutters and sinkers as well. So 67% of his career home runs, literally two out of three, come off of some kind of fastball. 
there's a really strong argument to be made that Soler is one of, if not the best, fastball hitters in baseball. If you go by run value, Soler is 18th in baseball against four-seamers since 2015, and all of the guys above him have seen way more pitches in that time frame, sometimes twice as much, and they're not that far ahead of Soler. There are many different ways that I can frame this particular skill of his, but I, I think we got the gist. The man destroys fastballs, and like that's in spite of a bunch of league average seasons overall on his resume. Even when he struggles, he's still killing fastballs. The reason that I'm emphasizing the fastball production so heavily is because in the years that Soler was really good, it wasn't necessarily his breaking ball production or off-speed production that got better. He just got really insanely good at hitting fastballs, like even better than usual. Solaire's 2019 was, by run value, the ninth best season that baseball savant has on record against four-seamers. Like, literally, only eight other hitters have ever produced more value against four-seamers in one year. And uh, that 2019 followed an injury-plagued year where he might have done even better had he not broken his toe and missed a good chunk of the year. Now, in general, his best production comes when he's crushing heaters, And if the early returns are any indication, we might be seeing one of those years. Now, obviously, we have to take everything from this year with a grain of salt because we're only a handful of games into the season. Everything is a small sample. uh, Everything is a small sample at this point. But Soler is only whiffing on fastballs 10% of the time so far, which is crazy low for him. That's not going to hold up, you know, spoiler alert. But it's a really good sign that his best attribute is intact and you know going strong one interesting early trend for Soler is that he's seeing more breaking pitches than fastballs and that's a first for him even someone who is so fastball dominant he's never seen more breakers than fastballs before but that that's happening now clearly the the league knows about this four seam demolition and they're doing something about it now I mentioned before the StatCast era started in 2015. Since then, among players who saw at least 250 pitches, the highest ever percentage of breaking pitches that one player has seen was 43%. Soler is currently at 47.3%. So by rate, right now, he is seeing more breaking pitches than any player ever has. I, I hope I explained that in a way that makes sense. Uh... But yeah, he's seeing just a ridiculous number of breaking pitches. I'm not worried about this too much because A, it feels like an outlier. Like I said, no one has ever seen this many breaking pitches. I This, this is the kind of thing that can be influenced by one game, two games. So, you know, this time next week he might be normal again as far as history uh, is concerned. But the other thing is, while any production against breakers and off-speed pitches is a bonus for Solaire, that's not what we're here for. The year that Solaire hit 48 home runs, 31 of them were against fastballs. When he's right, the fastball production is enough to carry his profile. Now, there is some bonus production against breaking pitches. And in a fun bit with uh, small sample sizes, he has seven batted ball events against breaking pitches so far this year and an average exit velo of 102.5. Just for reference, 
Stephen Kwan has hit zero balls that hard this year, and that is the average Jorge Soler breaking ball exit velo. Hmm. Now, historically, Jorge Soler walks a lot, like double-digit walk rates every year. Right now, it's like under 4%. Not great. Not really worried about that, though. He's swinging and missing a lot this year, but it's all at breakers in the zone, which are kind of the pitches you want him swinging at. If you know if he's going to be swinging and missing, those are the pitches I want him swinging and missing at. He's still making good swing decisions, and when he does make contact with one of those breakers, he's hitting it really, really hard. Like he's only got two hits on breakers so far this year, and it's a double and a home run. None of his plate discipline metrics look terribly concerning right now. He's a bit more aggressive than usual. But again, one game can completely turn these numbers on their head, so I don't want to draw too many conclusions from that. As far as opportunity, which is something we always like to talk about here, for, for deep league players, he has all of the opportunity. Every, every, every bit of opportunity you could want. He has hit either fifth or second in every game this year, and he's been a permanent fixture in the DH spot, which should only help his longevity and availability. The Marlins are a bit of a crowded team, even if it's not always with great players, but it appears that they're content to rotate their position players without the use of their DH spot in order to keep Solaire's bat in the lineup. Now, I think this makes sense because this is a lineup that is desperately lacking in thump by design, and Solaire is one of only a couple of guys in the lineup who can consistently exit the unfriendly confines of Lone Depot Park, the most poorly named stadium in baseball. It's a really, really bad ballpark for hitters, but when you have the kind of power that Jorge Soler has, there's just not a ballpark on the planet that can contain you. I love adding him as a potential power bat. Like, if, if you're in need of home runs and Soler is out there, just, you know, grab him. Don't ask any questions. Just go get him. I'm really annoyed that I didn't try to get more shares of Soler. I have none, and I'm, I'm upset least, yeah. about it. Yeah, uh... TGFBI specifically, I think there was a point where I was choosing between him and I can't remember who was the other person I ended up taking instead for the life of me. And I passed on Solaire thinking he might wheel back to me and he he, he was gone like three picks later. So I was kind of bummed about it. Um, yeah, I mean, everything that you said makes a lot of sense to me. I haven't dove deep into dived, dove, dived, divin, dove, divin. Div I haven't divin dove in deep to the five D's. <laughs> yes, exactly. Dive, uh, dive, dove, divin deep, dive and dodge. Yes. No. No. <laughs> dive wait. again. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> good God. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't uh, dived deep into Jorge Soler before. I do know that he's always been a very good fastball hitter. Obviously. Um, It's just such a cheap power bet. I know that power seems like it's cheaper to come by this year just in general because I feel like a lot of balls are leaving the yard uh, more than we expected. Um, there's already speculation on if this is a live ball year, a super bounce ball year from some folks. Um, it's uh, Spoiler alert, it's not quite that. It's better than last year for sure. But, you know, if yeah. these are this early, this first week is any indication... It's going to be a bounce back from last year, but not to like the highs of 2019. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, too, is like even there is a slightly better condition in terms of like whatever ball is being used or whatever it might be. 
guys like Soler are going to be the ones that benefit the most. Like he's he's going to be a really really good get. So I don't know what his roster ship is exactly right now. I don't think we wrote it down. Uh, I want to say 12% off the top of my head. Yeah, it it is sub 20%. We do know that. So he's going to be available in a lot of your leagues. Uh, So I'd be down to go get uh, Jorge Soler for sure. Uh, 9%. And just uh, for reference, since this is the first real episode of the year, the the roster ship percentage that we use is an aggregate of ESPN and Yahoo. So apologies if if your league does not reflect the same numbers that we have. But yeah, you know, we've got to get our numbers from somewhere, and that's what we got. Absolutely. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick ad break, and right after that, I'm going to do my deep dive. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we're back. So I deep dive. Kind of like I said earlier, it's a bit of a cheat because I didn't just choose one person. And also, I'm using this as an opportunity to dive deep on two players and satiate my need as a Brewers fan to gush over the young Brewers players who seem to be just like stepping in and looking amazing to start off the year. So I'm going to talk about Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang, uh, both and of whom I'm going to go. I'm going to go take a lap so I don't have to listen to this. <laughs> this is also just a torture Schwebzy a little bit, just like a tiny, mm. tiny bit. Because it's fresh, because it's fresh in the mind. Uh, so I'm going to start with Weimer. Uh, Weimer was a massive prospect crush for folks in the fantasy baseball world in 2021. He had an exceptional stretch between low A and high A, where he had 27 home runs, stole 30 bases, and accumulated 163 runs in RBIs over just 472 plate appearances. Just absolutely tooled up. Incredible throwing arm. Super fast. Super strong. Just everything you want to see 
and a prospect with a really, really high ceiling. Uh, the plate discipline was leaving a bit to be desired. He was walking a decent amount, but he was also striking out quite a bit. But he did follow up that 2021 campaign uh, by starting 2022 in AAA and then finishing the year in tri- or sorry, starting in AA and then finishing in AAA. Uh, and during that year, continued to show off that power-speed combo by accumulating 21 home runs and 31 stolen bases over 548 plate appearances. Um, in his time in AA that year, his K rate ballooned to more than 30%. And you would, you would assume, as someone works their way up through the minors, that their K rate would climb if that was going to be the case, right? Well, you'd be incorrect. In the case of Joey Weimer, who, after going to AAA, dropped his strikeout rate to less than 20%. It was 19 and a half over 170-something plate appearances, I believe. And that's also and wild we putting can't forget. up a walk rate in double digits, too. What were you going to say? We can't forget that there was a really significant mechanics change that helped helped his uh, K rates along. Yeah, quite a swing down, Like he sure. used it. Yeah, he used to have a massive leg kick in his swing. You know, I think this was prior to double A that he got rid of and that it it really helped him, you know, have more controlled swings. Yeah, he went from having a big old leg kick to doing more of a toe tap, I believe was the change that he made, if I remember correctly. Um, But yes, he's quieted down his swing quite a bit. Uh, Obviously, it's a really, really small sample size so far in the majors. But for now those plate discipline gains have carried over. Uh, He's shown a really, really strong penchant for laying off really competitive pitches that are dancing around the edge of the zone. He's being very patient, but he's also balancing that by being really, really aggressive early in counts and not letting pitchers get ahead of him for free, which I think is a really, really good combo. Um, Overall, his growth as a player has been really exciting to see over the past couple of years. And while there are questions about how much playing time he's actually going to get and if he'll even stick with the Major League Club once some other guys like Luis Arias and Tyrone Taylor come off the IL, this is, at the very least, an extended audition for a role later this season and probably a full-time role in 2024 for sure. Um, Now, in terms of those two guys that I mentioned, Luis Arias and Tyrone Taylor, we know that Luis Arias is likely out for another seven to eight weeks based on the last word that we got from Craig Council. We really haven't had an update lately on Tyrone Taylor and his health. He had an elbow injury that he was dealing with. He had a PRP injection during spring training. Um, and last we heard, he was supposed to miss the first month of the season. That was kind of like the idea of what they had initially. Um, but one, we haven't heard anything since then, really. And in that same article where that timeline is mentioned, it seemed like Tyrone Taylor felt there might be a small chance that he ends up needing surgery despite the injection, uh, in which case the odds of Weimer sticking around even longer increase exceptionally. Um, overall, I think the opportunity that he has right now, the ability to play literally every single outfield position, the really loud tools, and his apparent development in the plate discipline department specifically, make him a super attractive outfield streamer for at least the next month. So I really, really like that one. Yeah, I mean, I added him in my NL only league, and I got him before his home run off of the Mets, so I got to at least enjoy that while my team was getting smoked. I grabbed him in TGFBI and didn't slot him into my starting lineup this week. Instead, I left Mark Canna in and oh. missed out on a stolen base, a home run, and three RBIs. So 
yeah, big bummer. He's like so tooled up. He's so fast. He's so athletic. I think that's the other thing too, is the, I, I was talking to people about this earlier today is that he is so darn athletic that it helps him make up for the shortcomings that he has, which is like, I mean, like defensively, obviously this isn't fantasy related, but he doesn't necessarily always take the best routes to baseball. Right. But because he is so fast, he's able to recover and make really, really good plays on things. Um, I think in time, he's going to get better at all of these things, whether it's just like plate appearance type stuff or plate plate approach type stuff uh, defensively uh, on the base paths that as his athleticism declines, as he gets older, it's going to balance things out and he's just going to be good just all the way through. That's kind of how I feel about him. So I, I, I really, really love Joey Weimer uh, as a ceiling pick. Um, the other one that I wanted to cover too is Bryce Terang. Uh, I'll be honest. I was fully, fully under the impression that Bryce Terang was going to be like a really solid, but kind of boring ball player. And I feel like I'm incredibly, incredibly wrong. Uh, and I wasn't really aware. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very much a, he, he does not know, ball. he doesn't know ball moment for me, for sure. Um, <laughs> Terang seized the starting second baseman job for the Brewers out of spring training after there not being a ton of clarity whether he was going to even break camp with the team. Uh, now I have a feeling, based on what his cost was during draft season, he's going to be an absurd value. He's been grinding in the Brewers minor league system since 2018 after he signed a contract out of high school. And after a really stellar full season at AAA Nashville last year where he hit 286 and stole 34 bases... He started off his major league career really, really strong, hitting 313 while walking more than he struck out and stealing two bases. Uh, he's just continued to be the person that he is. Um, his speed is clearly his best tool from an offensive standpoint, and his hit tool has steadily performed at every level he's found himself at. Uh, the other thing that really makes me happy about Terang is that he consistently puts quality at bats together that lead to a strong on base percentage. He had a 360 OBP last year in AAA, it's 421 so far this year. I don't think it's going to be 421 for the whole year, but the walk rates are consistently for him at pretty much every level of the minors above 10%. And it's that way right now in the majors Um, between that stellar on base skills and the speed. It's not out of the question that we might see Terang end up as a top of the lineup table setter for the Brewers at points this year, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Terang's biggest draw from a real life baseball standpoint, as opposed to like the land of make believe that we like to spend most of our time in. Uh, is that he plays exceptional defense and covers tons and tons of ground. Like, his defense is truly, like, the biggest thing that he brings to the team. He's so, so consistent. Uh, but, as we often say here, playing time is one of the biggest factors in identifying deep league targets, and Terang is going to get those opportunities with the bat because his defense is so good, and he's going to remain largely unchallenged at second base. Uh, that job security is why I would prioritize probably taking Terang over Weimer for your deep leagues where he's still available. And I think if he keeps up what he's doing right now, he could absolutely be a 12-team league play. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm over the moon. It's, it's, it's so fun being a Brewers fan right now. I have so much hope and optimism. Shrubsy, I'm sorry you don't feel the same way, but it's, it's great. Yeah, what's that like? Hope and optimism? What's that word? Uh, optimism? What's that oh, word? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, those are those are the two players that I wanted to talk about. I, I could also talk about Garrett Mitchell. Obviously, he's not within the realm of people that we can talk about anymore. But uh, I'm not. I I want to take a vic- I, I want to take a victory lap so bad. I really do you, want do to. You, you know, I mean the the uh, little tykes car that we have that we do our victory laps in. It's been in the garage for months. Sorry, let me let me fire this bad boy up. Let me just yeah, take fire. take it out, man. Right. We did. sorry. I'm gonna. Let me, let me let me go in the garage real quick. I'll be right back. What, what is what is our victory? What what is our little tykes victory? <laughs> he just zoomed past his camera for the for the folks uh, enjoying the audio medium uh, the way it's intended to. I tried to um, pan across. So hopefully, we get the effect. What what is the what is our little tykes car's name? Deborah. The deep mobile. Deborah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you have to name a car after a person. It's like naming a, it's like naming your pet after like a, like a human name. Never name your dog after a human. Why? I, don't you watch Letterkenny? I I have before. It's a it's a it's I a don't... bit for it's a bit from one of the more recent seasons. Then you're like, hey, Jim, come here, Jim. <laughs> it's just weird. I kind of like it personally. Hey, Jeff. Which, uh, just naming it naming it greg <laughs> try look at me look bad. at me in the look me in the eye through the webcam and tell me naming a cat jeff wouldn't be hilarious bad greg bad bad gregory jeff, jeff no jeff oh god not on the carpet jeff uh and on that note <laughs> we're gonna take our second ad break here we right back with some around the league deep league targets fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we are back. So we're going to go division by by division here, and we're going to talk about players that are at sub-20% roster ship. 
uh, we're going to start in the NL East. So starting with Atlanta, I wrote down Orlando Arcia. He just had a walk-off hit tonight. He's now hitting 370 with two home runs so far this year. Bofa alert. This makes me so happy in that regard. Obviously, this also brings Schwabzi immense pain as uh, a division rival is seeing a player thrive. Uh, Schwabzi, do you have feelings on Orlando Arcia outside of vitriol for the fact that the the Atlanta Braves have seemingly found someone else to just hit their 90th percentile type talent. He's already leading the league and making me furious. Um, <laughs> watching Orlando Arcia hit 400 while Eduardo Escobar hits like zero, like 0. 0.050. I'm, I'm, this is going to be my super villain origin story. Shrubs, he's leading the league in Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Miami. We talked about uh, Shrubsy. Talked about Solaire. Uh, well, actually, before we move before we move on from the Braves, uh, we I, I feel like we kind of have to discuss the starting pitching situation there. Ooh, because that's a good. We've point, got we've actually. got Jared Schuster. We've got Dylan Dodd, and we've got Bryce Dodd. Elder. Give me Dodd. Give me Elder for his next couple of starts at least. I think Elder has a couple of good starts lined up. Yeah, next. or are we? Uh, so you're out on Schuster. I don't like Schuster that much. I'm not saying that Dodd's amazing either, necessarily. I, I think I would, between the two, prefer Dodd. Um, I'm trying to think. I thought I saw somewhere that Elder has a couple good streams lined up as well. And I cannot remember where I saw it. For the life of me. Uh, maybe it was in Nick's SP roundup to look this up uh but yes i would i I think i prefer dot over schuster yeah i unfortunately i have not done too much looking into any of them because they uh, i I am letting my fandom color my fantasy moves which is never a good idea which is that's why i have you yeah uh bryce helder gets the reds and the royals next in atlanta yeah well i mean that that plays as long as he's not in the great american small park yeah, that seems excellent. So I'm I'm all about that. Yeah, I would love that as a stream, personally. Um, I don't know what the other two's uh starts line up to look like, but I'm gonna I, I would absolutely be all over the elder streams. But yeah, what else I'm do with we it. got here? Uh I, is there is so, there, But oh, uh, Dodd on. like Dodd's line was really good, but what went into it was not super impressive. It's like, kind of Schuster like, too, wasn't the, it? Well, Schuster had bad results, bad process, where uh, where Dodd had bad process, good results. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Dodd doesn't walk anybody, which is cool. I, I think the stuff is a little more impressive for Dodd. But, yeah, I don't think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm on either of them. Because Atlanta's not a particularly good ballpark for pitchers. Uh, well, so it's better than the Great American Small Park. Yeah, that is for sure. That is for true. Um, yeah, I think for me, in order of like long term, who I'd want out of those three, it's probably Dodd, then Schuster, then Elder. But with those streams coming up this week, I actually really do like Elder as a as a quick little stash and stream. And Elder has shown the ability, but between well, I mean, mostly last year, he's shown the ability to really take advantage of good streaming matchups. Like Elder was brilliant against like the Washingtons and Miamis of the world down the stretch last year. Mm-hmm. 
of that. All right. Uh, let's move to Miami. We talked about Solaire. Uh, is there anyone yep. else in Miami that you want to mention? I don't think there's anything particularly interesting here to me. I know that Garrett Cooper is still like un- under rostered. Um, yeah, still Co- hitting in I, a prime lineup spot, but I, he's been kind of just boring, I guess I would say, over the past few games. I, I still think he's a, a decent like corner bat for particularly deep leagues. Yeah. Uh, the yeah the production is lacking at the moment. The ball he's he's not the kind of solar bat that will hit it out of any ballpark. So the ballpark does hurt him, I think. But yeah, I mean, I I will always like Cooper. I, I will always like the skills. But yeah, he he is a bit underwhelming at the moment. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to your New York Mets, Schwabzi. Something you can be excited about. Uh. Well, sort of. Um. Omar Narvaez is going to be down for it. Sounds like two and a half months ish yeah which is a bummer uh that that is yet another mets free agent signing that has been injured at the start of the year that's like three or four of yes. them now that's real real fun but it what it means is francisco alvarez it is alvarez season a he's pretty much been a, t- a consensus top 10 prospect there's definite strikeout risk here uh he he might run a 30 percent strikeout rate but there's also a chance that he's a 12-team catcher for the rest of the year. Uh, I, I'm, I think the odds of that are pretty slim because the Mets do really like Tomas Nito. In fact, Nito is starting the first game that Alvarez is up. I'm actually not... like if I'm a little confused about this, to be honest. I'm a little confused with how the Mets have handled their top prospects. I'm not sure how much value there is in Alvarez being like you know, hypothetically a platoon catcher. Uh, if he's catching every other game, sure, makes sense. But uh, it, it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll we'll see how the usage goes. But I think he's a stash for now. A definite add in two catcher leagues. But yeah, I, I don't know that he's going to be quite as good as people like me want him to be. And I'm trying to keep my expectations in check here. Yeah, I need to see the playing time before I'm really interested in adding him to any of my deep league teams. Um, that said, the upside in terms of like catchers from an offensive perspective goes uh, not that much in terms of ceiling that you're going to find that's much better than Alvarez, even with right. the strikeout rate. So I'm definitely down to speculate, maybe throw him on the bench uh, until he gets more consistent playing time. I do worry that Nito is going to get the majority of the starts, though. I feel like it's going to be an even split. Like if if you it, yeah. like if I if I had to make a snap decision, I feel like that's how it's going to break down because the Mets make some questionable decisions, but I can't imagine that they would, you know, purposely hamstring their best prospects growth like that. Do you think they let him DH at all? I can see it against lefties, yeah. Yeah. I think that might be an option too. Um and could lead to more plate appearances which which would be great. Uh, getting him that experience at the plate, even if he doesn't get the reps behind the plate. Um, all right, let's go to, is there anything else Mets related that you want to maybe cover? Or is that the extent of what we got? I think uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, David Peterson and I, I'm still interested in Tyler McGill. I said it from the start of the year that McGill is my preferred fifth starter for the Mets over Peterson. And yeah. Peterson has been really rough to start the year. Uh, uh, so I mean, my position hasn't changed. I'm 
uh, like I said, we're, we're, we are recording this on Thursday, so I'm, I'm going to either look very smart or very stupid when this releases, depending on how Tyler McGill's start on Friday goes against Miami. But yeah, I'm, I'm still a McGill fan, uh, unless he does really badly before you listen to this, and then I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Not, not really. I, I, <laughs> not really. I like McGill, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be starting him in the leagues where I have him tomorrow. He also started uh, David Peterson in our shared dynasty league. Yeah, not the best call in retrospect. That's fine. I I kind of I kind of didn't realize how strong the Brewers lineup against righties was. Yeah, they. I mean, lefties is where they struggle incredibly hard. Um, I'm sorry against lefties because they they had like they they added guys like Brasso, well, like Brasso um, they had last Owen year. Miller. Yeah. Yep, and they've they, they've got they've just gotten better against lefties um which makes yeah, me and very Luke happy Boyd. but and brian anderson they 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 added a, they added a lot of strong like righty role players i'm doing so many chef's kisses right now any way that we can talk about the brewers more just makes me happy anyways let's move on to the washington nationals uh mackenzie gore and josiah gray both have been fairly interesting to start the year I would say Gore in his first start was sitting 95 with the fastball. He's added ticks to both the slider and the curveball and got a win against Atlanta, who's a very, very solid team offensively. Uh, I kind of liked what I saw. I went back and watched a little bit of the start. He looked pretty good. Um, Shubsy, do you have feelings on Gore? I know you have feelings on Gray. Yes, I mean, Gore is has is Gore the, the Kelnick of pitchers perhaps did he play for the mets yeah no no <laughs> uh di- different di- different weirdly disappointing team in the padres but ah, yes yeah no i i i'm more uh excited about gore's prospects than kelnick's but honestly this is this is another one that i i haven't looked into enough uh i gore started last year really strongly before completely cratering so I, I I have a hard time believing in it yet, but I I, I want to give it another start or two before I'm on the uh, the Gore train. But yeah, I mean, doing anything versus Atlanta is, you know, so, something to be excited about because that's a team that I am benching everybody against. They did well against Snell today. They mm-hmm. beat up Mikolas. They uh, yeah, I'm terrified of that Atlanta offense. So you know, coming out of against them, even only slightly scathed is a really strong start. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Josiah. Well, actually, I'm going to have you talk about Josiah Gray because I was not paying attention because I was at work today while this game was happening, and then you told me about it, and I was incredulous. Uh, Please talk about Josiah Gray's start in Colorado. All right, so I uh, it, it around the pitcher list headquarters, which uh, doesn't actually exist, and it's a, a Discord server, we have, a, we have staff leagues. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more of a vibe. We have a we have a staff league called the Legacy League, and it's the uh, it's the it's the league that all of our staff, you know, uh, uh, strives for. And I'm I made it into that league this year, and then I had the brilliant idea of starting Josiah Gray in Colorado, uh, in that league, and it worked. I uh, <laughs> uh, I but it it worked in a way that I could not have predicted. Uh. Josiah Gray went 42% sliders in cores 
and another 22% curveballs. So he threw 64% breaking pitches. Uh, and I mean, honestly, that's really exciting because where he gets hurt all the time is on his pretty weak four-seamer. So he, he only threw that four-seamer 25% of the time. And honestly, I think that is something to be excited about. He actually got whiffs on that uh, fastball. Like he was, I think he was throwing it so infrequently that it, it made it play up. He, he got eight swings on the fastball and three whiffs on those eight swings. He got 11 whiffs on the slider. So and good. in like overall, it was a 37% whiff rate on, on the 52 swings that he got today and a 30% CSW. It was a really strong start, and it was really encouraging. I was very ready to jump off the Josiah Gray bandwagon after his first start, but, I mean, this start had me going, is is he doing the thing? Does he realize that he should be throwing his fastball basically never? Uh, this is absolutely a stash for me. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually going to look up what his next starts are to see if this is something that I want to... Uh, like add immediately versus stash but yeah i have him in more than one league and i'm i'm into it i i love uh i i love the potential here because it was always apparent that he was a pitch mix change away and you know he wasn't like not talented absolutely uh all right let's see we had one more to talk about i just accidentally lost my spot in the notes my bad uh, oh god lane thomas oh there we go lane thomas thank you i literally just found it as you said it uh, uh i mean how do you feel i'm 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 always the lane thomas guy around here you he are. is he he's just there but he's there every day <laughs> uh he's hitting lead off against lefties which isn't as cool as hitting lead off against righties but it's still cool uh if you need a if you need like a fifth outfielder accumulator type i this is just someone that you could do worse than he's good you know he's fine lane thomas he's there he's fine he's fine uh all right let's go to philadelphia then wrap up the nl east quick here so i was just gonna cover this quickly Derek hall's hurt he's got a right thumb sprain cody clemens getting called up and is likely in line for playing time in his absence uh something to monitor i think clemens hit like 313 and had three home runs during spring training this year uh looked pretty good so worth monitoring to see how long hall's going to be out for uh clemens could be a nice little like hitting streamer for a couple of weeks in his absence um all right let's go to the nl central uh and start with the cubs so i put down patrick wisdom here he's got two doubles and two home runs in four games so far and he has been limiting the strikeouts i don't expect that to keep up Patrick Wisdom is Patrick Wisdom. He is going to strike out a whole bunch. That said, those extra base hits and those home runs are always attractive, and as long as he can keep doing that, he's going to have some value. Uh, also, someone that's rostered in only 1% of leagues, Adbert Alzale. He's been a really, really solid ratio guy in terms of strikeouts out of the bullpen for the Cubs. He's pitching in like bulk relief, I'm pretty sure. And I think he's absolutely worth a roster spot if you have K per nine as a stat in any of your leagues. Obviously, like this is a type of guy who will come in and get a couple like multiple innings, and it also gives him a chance to get some nice wins here and there, too. So I like Alzelay quite a bit here. Um Shrubsy feelings on the Cubs folks. It's worth mentioning with Patrick Wisdom that his zone contact percentage right now is ninety one percent. What? 
his career number is 72%. I don't know what he's doing differently, but I mean, if you showed me his 2023 line compared to his career, I would think these were two different players. Uh, he's swinging less. He's making contact at an absurdly high rate compared to his career. Uh, he is he, he is still chasing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that zone contact rate is shocking. His whiff rate is 18.9%. 18.8%. His career is 37.5%. Like, he's just making so much contact compared to the rest of his career, and he's reaping the benefits. Uh, man, I, I, th that might just be, again, really small sample size noise, but I think, you know, if you need a corner infielder and he's out there, it's, it's worth taking a shot on because that is a dramatic change. Oh, yeah. Um, any feelings on Alzale or any other Cubs players that you want to highlight? Alzale, uh, I'm only really interested in if uh, I mean, does he still? If your if your league still has starting, uh, if your league has Alzale as a starting pitcher slash relief pitcher, I like Alzale because I I think those mm. relievers that give you strong ratios and you know, what what what's the term for that 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 kind of player? I know there's one that I I'm forgetting. Compiler. No. <laughs> the the SPRP. Uh the. Oh god, it was something stupid like Spope Up or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I, I like the dual eligibility, Sparp. which is Sparp. Sparp. Yes, I like the Sparp. Uh Thanks, Like Brian. honestly, that that actually reminds me there's a league out there that I, I should look at Auslay in because I need a I need a good Sparp. Good but Sparps. yeah, that 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 would make me interested in him. Sparp sounds like an off brand Swedish version of Sprite. <laughs> uh Sorry. Sparp, get it in you. Sparp. It's there. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's go to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Jason Vossler has had a hot start. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's sustainable. Vossler has not been a particularly attractive option in terms of fantasy value in prior years. Does it inspire a lot of confidence? Also, uh, as Shwebzy brought up to me before we started recording... Joey Votto is, is expected back at some point. And Vossler will likely get fewer plate appearances due to that. So kind of a pass for me, even though he is in uh, Great American Small Park. I mean, he's striking out a third of the time. He has not walked yet. His, he's hit a home run on 100% of his barrels. His ex-WOBA is like 200 plus points lower than his WOBA, although it's still a strong 376. But I, everything here is screaming regression, obviously. But will he be worth rostering in general? That's going to come down to playing time, and I don't think he's guaranteed that. Fair enough. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, only 8% rostered right now. Uh, he is someone that weighted or in strike rate loved last year uh, compared to like what his actual value was. And he had a solid start against Pittsburgh that got him off on the right foot this year. He had seven innings pitched on 95 pitches, pretty efficient. He's filling up the strike zone like he did last year. Um, and if he's going to keep doing that, he should be able to, in theory, go fairly deep into games as long as he can avoid getting hit too hard. Uh, that's his biggest thing, obviously. So I do like Ashcraft a lot. Uh, I think he's a little bit undervalued. It's just a matter of the fact that he is in a really, really terrible pitcher's park most of the time. So... 
kind of like approach with caution slightly in that regard, but I do like Ashcraft a decent amount. Ashcraft feels like the kind of hitter that would really struggle against lefties. I and I'm I'm just I'm looking at his profile and just assuming that I actually need to see if that checks out. Because he doesn't he doesn't have any weapons to deal with opposite hand hitters. So I, I just wonder if that's something that uh, shows up in his career. Don't mind me, I'm just thinking out loud, which is a really good thing to do on a podcast for with uh, people listening that rely on an actual analysis. I mean, to be fair, you're instilling them with ideas that like, oh, hey, maybe I should look into that too. Because also people, should, I, I hope, that, I guess that's like one thing I've never really actually verbalized. I hope that we talk about things on the podcast and it encourages listeners to actually go like do research of their own and like dig deeper on stuff because obviously we go fairly deep on a lot of players but i hope that our our prompts encourage them to go do their own research as well and kind of find little nuggets that maybe we didn't find so you know what's really funny what's that ashcraft so far in his career has absolutely dominated lefties and it's right (laughs) (laughs) uh incredible that's great. Turns love out that. It was, it turns out, don't you love when you have a theory and it's completely wrong? Because that's love most that. of what we do. Love that for me. So love good. that I did that live. <laughs> love that I owned myself live on a podcast. Anyways, all right, let's. I'm talk just about, gonna go uh, in the corner and triple into a corn cob now. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh such a specific reference. Uh you also put down T.J. Friedel here. Uh, let's go yeah. real quick. He's hitting second against lefties, which, you know, again, is not as cool as hitting second against righties, but still cool. But something I didn't realize about Friedel coming into the season when people seemed to be more excited about him than I was is that he can play center field, which makes him, right. you know, uh, which is going to make him a more frequent lineup fixture uh, until Nick Senzel figures out that he should probably be healthy at some point ever. But yeah, I. He, uh, he's playing more often than, oh God, uh, Jake Fraley. I was blanking on his name. Fraley's only played in three games so far, whereas Friedel's been in there pretty much every day. So, I mean, it, I that that's going to be a deep league war all season long where people are going to be deciding between Fraley and Friedel, and uh, the playing time is in Friedel's favor right now. Am I not Friedel-y enough for the Friedel club? Friedel-y and Friedel-dumb. No, no. I love that we're riffing on this man's name. Disrespectful. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Brian Anderson. I don't want to talk about it. Chef's kiss. Uh, absolute stud so far. It's hard for me to not be optimistic about Brian Anderson, too, considering he's finally healthy from all the shoulder issues. I know I brought this up in a previous episode. I cannot remember which one it was for the life of me. Um. Anderson is going to be very, very good for the Brewers this year, not just in like in a fantasy baseball sense, but also just like a real life baseball sense, uh, as long as he can remain healthy and avoid any more shoulder issues or other injuries, obviously. Yeah, Um, I mean, I had several years where Brian Anderson was just an absolute money $1 player for me in my NL only leagues when, when he was a Marlin. I I'm a big Brian Anderson fan. Love that. Uh, love that. He's getting this opportunity. Let me just go to his. Uh, page real quick. If you had to guess, what do you think his barrel rate is right now? Uh, against the Mets, a hundred percent. Sure, but like on the year, what do you think his barrel rate is? Uh, like per plate appearance? No, just barrel rate total. 
Oh, uh, I don't know, like 18%. Wrong. You're incorrect on 14 batted ball events. Uh, oh, 30%. Wrong again. What is it? It's 42.9%. My God. He's been incredible. Uh, obviously that's not going to be sustainable whatsoever, but, but, yeah. but <laughs> very encouraging, very exciting. All right. Uh, yeah. the other one that I put down here is Wade Miley mostly because I just wanted to make you mad. Uh, moving on. It. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my Miley is fine. My Miley is a is a good streamer. Uh, yes, I didn't put anything down for the Cardinals. Do you have anything that you want to cover for the Cardinals? I haven't seen anything particularly interesting from a deep league standpoint. Well, there's Alec Burleson who has been hitting second against righties, and that is interesting. Ooh. He seems to he seems to have leapfrogged Juan Yepes in the pecking order in St. Louis, and that makes him interesting. Uh, also, I love a player whose name also describes them because he is Burley son. Uh, ah. Ah. But yeah, no, uh, he's he's a decent, you know, fifth outfield type. I I don't roster him anywhere, uh, but I I think that's because in any league deep enough for Burleson to be rostered, I have a pretty solid outfield. It's not for lack of want. It's more of a situational thing. I, you know, I'd be fine seeing what Burleson can do. He's a, he's got a really solid bat. Sick. All right. Um. Okay. Let's go to the NL West now. Or no, sorry. We have to go to Pittsburgh before we go. I almost forgot about the Pirates. Uh, Ruansi Contreras. On solid first start, but it was with only two strikeouts. And Man. I, there's not a lot to be encouraged by. In that first outing, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't like it very much. Um, the stat line lot. ended up being good. The, the the way that he got there was not. Yeah, I was a lot more excited about Ruansi a year ago. Yes. His his next start is against Houston. Do not add him right now. Hard pass. Uh, all right. Now we can go to the NL West. Arizona. The bullpen situation has not resolved itself in any manner whatsoever. The most reliable reliever has emerged as Andrew Chafin, which was the person that I least wanted to get the job before the season started. Uh, it it really looked... It really looked like... Saves? Is it two? I thought it was one. But, I mean, it really looked like McGuff was going to run away with that closer job for a second there, and then he got blown up uh, in, a, in a back-to-back. Uh, I, th- I think it was actually his third, third is, appearance in four it's days. Only one, it's only one save. My bad. Yeah, uh, McGuff was my guy, and I put a big bid on him in TGFBI and immediately regretted it as he got blown up the next day. <sighs> I, I This is still an unsettled situation. Roster Resource has five players listed as the uh, closer by committee in Arizona, which means they have no idea. Dre Jamison got a three-inning save there the other day. He's the most interesting arm, the, but it, there's a big question in how they're going to use him. True. Uh, probably spot starts in long relief, I would guess. Or three inning saves. I don't know. Two inning yeah. saves. Who's to say? Uh, all right. Dodgers? Uh, uh, I, I, God, I have to imagine that James Outman is, is over 20% at this point. Yeah, he's 33%. He has, he has, he has to be. Uh, I don't know if Trace is still on there anywhere. No, he's over 20% also. Yep. Uh, okay, I don't well. think, I don't really think there's anyone under 20% that's still interesting in that lineup. Uh, Miguel Rojas is injured. I, I think he could be a, a fine you know, stop gap at, at shortstop mm-hmm. your team. I refuse to buy into the Jason Hayward hype. I don't know about you. 
the plate appearances are so limited too. Like yeah, like the Dodgers, the Dodgers have a weird like uh, outfield rotation going where like they have Altman, Taylor, Hayward, Trace Thompson, and they're just like kind of rotating them all between the uh, center field and uh, one of the corner spots. I, I don't know what they're doing, but they 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 are pinch hitting a lot. So even if your guys are getting the start, like for example, Jason Hayward got the start today, hit a home run, came out for Trace Thompson in the later innings. The only uh, the only guy in that rotation that I truly trust right now, and he's only got like 10 major league games, is James Outman. Uh, I don't really trust Thompson, Hayward, or Taylor at this point. Yeah, he had a, uh, Outman had another great game today. Two for um, three with, a, I think, a ribby. And a run scored. Maybe two runs scored. He, yeah, he's looked great. Um, love that. All right, Baltimore. The only person I put down was Kyle Gibson. He's got two wins so far. He bounced back nicely in his second start. The first start even though he did get the win he gave up i think it was like four runs and in five innings it was pretty 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 mid uh but the sweeper does look really 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 legit uh so i'm down for streaming kyle gibson um somehow the the orioles have gone from like one of my go-to teams for like low rostered players to having like very few players we can talk about i don't in in the uh in the starting lineup anyway i don't know how yeah. that happened Jorge Mateo has been just unreal to start the year. I think Adam, him and Cedric Mullins in TGFBI has been beautiful. I refuse to ever talk about Adam Frazier and Ramon Urias. <laughs> I just don't know if the playing time is going to be consistent enough. Yeah. He might be on his way out. The way yeah, things I'm are a... rocking right now, but. And then Anyways. like in the, in the rotation, it's like there's Gibson. Uh, if, Bradish is healthy. He's interesting. He's got a foot contusion. He'll be back in a couple weeks. I am interested in a flyer on Bradish when he comes back up. Oh, absolutely. Um, God, who else is Tyler Wells? Also has, has had a decent start to the year so far too. Yeah, he threw five perfect innings in relief of Bradish when he got that foot contusion. But it seems like that fifth spot is either or, and I have to assume that. Wells will not Wally Pip Kyle Bradish and uh, Bradish will get that spot back. What what was that sentence you just said? My brain just ne- shut off when you said that. Have you never heard the term Wally Pip? No, I so, to Wally Pip a player, it's like stealing their job while they're injured. I free it's it's a reference to some occurrence that happened in old timey sports. I don't remember it. I don't remember. The- See, the, you're, you're, I know you're only a couple years older than me, but sometimes it feels like you're 27 years older than me. Hang on, I need to. Uh, what, what, I, what I what I really want is I want for you to try to look this up and find it, and I want you to realize it doesn't exist. <laughs> I am <laughs> that it's just uh, an invention by your own brain. On June on June second, nineteen twenty five, Wally Pip, the New York Yankees starting first baseman, asked out of the lineup because of a headache. Yanks manager Miller Huggins turned to his bench where he found twenty one year old Lou Gehrig. So that is where the term comes from. <laughs> Getting Wally pipped. Okay. Well, I'm sad that it's real, but I'm also not sad because I learned something new. That's fun. Um. All right. Uh, what team were we just talking about? The Dodgers. Yes, and this is taking so much longer than I thought. We should start flying through these. <laughs> all right, let's do it. All right. So Giants. Uh, David VR. He's playing at second and third base. Has hit third and fourth uh, in the last two days. And obviously three and four hitters are always valuable, even if he does have a 
over 30% strikeout rate. I think he's a pretty good hitting streamer. Uh as long as he's be as long as he's going to be hitting in those prime lineup spots. Uh someone else there, Mike Yastrzemski, someone else who is going to be probably having a K rate of over 30%. I'm probably steering clear of Yastrzemski just cuz of the fact that he strikes out so much and the lineup spots probably not going to be that good. Um in comparison to VR. Uh, but the one thing that I'm really excited about is Anthony DiSclefani had a dope start against the White Sox in his first start this year. I would happily take a flyer on him because he's got a start, uh, I think it's this Sunday, against a pretty abysmal Kansas City offense that has struggled to start the year. So, uh, yeah, DiSclefani against the, the Royals on Sunday is the stream that I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, so the Giants generally face a lot of lefty starters because of the division they play in but they have faced zero so far. So players like Flores, J.D. Davis, uh, David Villar, they haven't... Uh, I mean, I, I I, don't think we've seen nearly as much uh, like like hitter streaming as they, they normally do. Like, Wilmer Flores has only played in two games so far, which is weird. I'm not sure right. if he was hurt, but no playing time for him. J.D. Davis has played three of the last four. Uh, mm. If J.D. Davis plays, I'm interested in him. He's already got two home runs, and again, he's only played in those... He's only played in uh, three games. Let's let's be clear that one of his home runs was off of position player pitching. Still counts. Went over the fence. <laughs> Still counts towards the fantasy stats, but yeah, it's it's not his fault that the White Sox are embarrassing. Mickey Mouse home run. Um, <laughs> all right. No, uh, I like JD. I always will. I know you do. He's he's one of your pet players. I feel. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go to the Padres. You had Trent Grisham written down here. Yeah, I think Trent Grisham is still one of the highest upside players available, sub 20%. He's leading off against lefties. Sorry, leading off against righties. And I think he's must roster in deep leagues as long as he is leading off against righties. That's a very valuable place to be in that lineup. He's got the power speed. He's got the defense to keep him in the lineup. I I love Trent Grisham. I have him in at least two leagues. I I still feel so bad for him. Yeah, he's a Bofa, but not in the friendly way. Yeah, a lot of people don't look on him very kindly, but I do still like him and wish him the best. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to Colorado. Yes, uh, Pierce Johnson, second save in two opportunities. Uh, I I mean, I, I thought that Lamette was going to be the guy, but they had every opportunity to let Lamette save the game today and did not. So it seems like Pierce Johnson might be the guy. I I mean, I, I'm I'm as surprised as anybody, but really in that bullpen it could have been anybody so i mean pierce johnson i guess is as likely as anyone do you think and people then, call uh, him prince albert i hope so i, I hope really not. do that's 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 kind of that's kind of mean i mean that 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 fits me i'm fine with that uh and then there's elihiris montero who you know as i've said previously i think the colorado rockies want to see succeed because he was the main return for the Nolan Arenado trade. He has only sat once so far. He had a red hot spring training. His start to the season, eh, it's a 69 WRC plus, which is not nice. nice. No, 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 <laughs> not nice. He's got a 45% strikeout rate, which also not nice. So yeah, I mean, the the Rockies also haven't played in Colorado that much this year. So you know, I, I, I want to give him a little bit of time before I completely write him off. I think Montero could be good at some point this year. But yeah, that's that's really all I've got on Colorado. Yeah, I have nothing to add there. Uh, Toronto. 
the AL East. Uh, I don't really have anything for anything for Toronto other than I want them to bring up Addison Barger. That's pretty much it. Kevin Biggio hit a home run today. He's played four out of six, but he, I, I mean, it looks like he is there. He's in there against righties. It, it looks like they're doing some platooning there. So, I mean, take Very that nice. as you will. I, you will not catch me rostering Biggio unless he shows that he is a lot better than he was. So, yeah. Brandon Belt is terrible right now, and I am so sorry for uh, advising people to pick him up. He's got like a 50% strikeout rate so far. That is not him. I don't know what's going on with him, but he is miserable to start the year. I've never seen him hitting this poorly. I mean, he's a drop right now, sadly, uh, but I do think he can get it rolling again, and I'd be on the lookout for that. Just realized that I jumped down to Baltimore like way earlier than I should have in the notes for no reason. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I don't know why I did that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so I got nothing else for Toronto. We already did Baltimore, so let's go to the Rays. Uh, this is yeah. shockingly, Tampa Bay has a lot of interesting part-time players. <sighs> you know, pick your jaws up off the floor, people. Uh, there was a <laughs> Jose Siri. Cover him. Yeah, Jose Siri has been playing a lot. He's only sat one game so far out of six. Uh, he is hitting towards the bottom of the order, but he's doing really well not in the way that i expected he's hitting for more power than i expected not running as much as i expected but yeah i mean siri has some of the most tantalizing tools in baseball and he's getting the opportunity to show them off now josh lowe and luke rayleigh are kind of in the same situation they both had absolutely on fuego springs uh and they're both playing half the time right now they're you know they're getting pinch hitting appearances here and there but they have both started three out of six games Luke Rayleigh might be a righty platoon guy, like hitting against righties, because they've sat him three games against lefties. They've started him three games against righties. Rayleigh was insane in spring. I brought it up to Jordan, and Jordan scoffed at me. I I think he was right to scoff at me, but uh, he's continuing where he left off. And Josh Lowe is... If you have bench spots and Josh Lowe is available, I think Lowe is a must-stash. Uh, he doesn't have a mustache, but you must stash him. Uh, he was a top ten prospect. I, I I think he was. I think he was like top ten, but he was a very very highly regarded prospect as recently as a year ago. I, he didn't forget how to play baseball in that time. You know, uh, sometimes prospects really really struggle in their first year. I would be I would be uh, stashing low if I had the opportunity to. Love it. All right. Uh, let's talk about Boston. Do you have any? I didn't have any names for Boston or New York uh, for the Yankees. Do you have names for either of these teams that you wanted to bring up? So Enrique Hernandez is right on that 20% line. And there's there's days where it's like, he's back. And then there's days where it's like, stop striking out 30% of the time. But no, he he was he's generally good when he plays. His His issue tends to be more of the health variety than the production variety in recent years he seems healthy he's because of his defense he's going to be in there pretty much every day he's got a 110 wrc plus right now even with a 167 batting average which you know just shows that he contributes in a variety of ways with his power with his uh you know double generally double digit walk rate i i like kike hernandez and if he's in there pretty much every day i think he's worth Especially with his multi-position eligibility, I, he's generally worth mm-hmm. the roster spot on some team in a deep league. Love it. All right. Uh, anything for the Yankees? Uh, 
No, I mean, my, my questions with the Yankees are generally, generally like, what are they doing with Peraza? What are they doing with Cabrera? If one of those guys gets consistent playing time, I'm interested. Uh, Cabrera has played four out of six games, and what well, I, uh, I I don't think Peraza is even with the team. I haven't seen him get anything. So I yeah I other than that, they're the the Yankees barely rostered players are generally barely rostered for a reason. Like your your Aaron Hicks, your Trevino, your uh, Cordero, Higashioka. Kiner Falefa, those guys just aren't that good. All right. Uh, then let's go to the AL Central. So I wrote down Miles Straw. Average has been good so far. He's been stealing bases like crazy. He's got five on the year. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I was I was so pace. wrong about this. It's an absurd pace. <laughs> like yeah. I I mean, right now, what what have they played? They played six, seven games. Mm, he's got 30 plate appearances. Yeah, I mean, I, I do know that he is playing every single day. Um, he's going to be starting in center field for them. He, it's seven yeah, games, yeah. Yeah, so seven games, five stolen bases. You extrapolate that out to 162. What happens? That's a is lot. It, is it possible that Miles Straw steals 100 bases this season? No. <laughs> A boy can dream, though. No, uh, it's obviously... <laughs> will he can, do you think Miles Straw will continue to walk 20% of the time? Why not? <laughs> no. Because uh, I think I think at some point, pitchers will realize that they can knock the bat out of his hands. Fair enough. Uh, but no, with Miles Straw, obviously, like, really, really great target if you need stolen bases in, in a deeper league. Um that's mostly where his value is going to lie. The average, I don't think, is going to going to be sustainable. I don't think the like Schwebzy said, the walk weight, the walk rate, <laughs> walk weight, the walk weight's not going to be sustainable. Um, <laughs> we're so tired. It's so welcome. To, welcome to in the crib, a a uh, baseball analysis podcast by babies, <laughs> by my two man babies. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, other person that I wanted to cover is Aaron Savali as well. Uh, he had a really great first start, pounded cutters at the top of the zone. Like, uh, obligatory mention, Mikey Aheno told him to in an article like a few years ago. Uh, looked really, really good. Uh, yeah. And then the last one that I wanted to cover here for the for the Guardians was Trevor Stepan. Uh, he's really a lockdown reliever. And I think this is a really, really good handcuff for Emmanuel Classe since Karen Check is absolute cheeks. Um, <laughs> can we say that? It's too late. I did. <laughs> um, I'm not. Don't 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 edit that out. Um, are you? Are, is that a note to yourself? Because I don't. I don't. You you edit myself. things. Okay. I know. I do. That's a note to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Trevor Stefan, really, really great. The the ratios are awesome. Uh, really reliable. And obviously, if Class A goes down or he has like multiple days pitched in a row, I think that there's a chance they start going to him instead of Karen Check because Karen Check hasn't been good. Um, good. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Royals. Any anyone for the Royals that you want to cover? Uh, I I just really I need to briefly mention that I, I went head to head with you in our ADP wars for starting pitchers, and I took Savali versus your uh, Alex Wood. So I'm just taking my early victory lap in Deborah. Oh, it sounds weird when you just call the car Deborah. 
Maybe we shouldn't name the car. Um, <laughs> going to climb inside Deborah. <laughs> oh God, it's too late to do, be doing this. Yeah, uh, Kansas City Royals. Uh, I think they're kind of in a similar situation to the Yankees, where the guys who are barely rostered are barely rostered for a reason. True. Ed- Edward Laveris is interesting. Uh, that that's the that's my one my one thing here, but he's also not playing every day. So I, the, the Royals True. love to not play. I wish I loved anything as much as the Royals love not playing Edward Olivares. True. Um, hmm. Yeah, I got nothing for the Royals. Honestly, nothing really interests me. That team's been bad to start the year. Um, let's go to Detroit then. Uh, Matt Vierling, you have this one on here. Uh, th- this is kind of, I, I think this has been a best case scenario start to the season for veerling he's been really hot with the bat he's played what is this uh six out of seven games he's even leading off against lefties which uh, you know in in the last game they had against a righty he hit third that's encouraging if he's got a prime lineup spot against lefties and righties i'm i'm so all in for deep leagues he's actually he's played more than austin meadows which is really surprising. Yeah, I I mean, uh, for the Tigers, what I'm mainly interested here is their like low rostered hitters, and Veerling is sub twenty percent by by a lot, and then Torkelson is surprisingly still under twenty percent. Torkelson is smoking the ball. He's kind of got the Cabrian Hayes issue where he is smoking the ball directly into the infield dirt, but. He's not striking out. He's making a ton of contact. He's hitting the ball really hard. And it's one of those things where it's a difficult adjustment to make, but he is just one adjustment away from being a monster, a power-hitting monster. This is a similar situation to Josh Lowe, where if I could stash him, I absolutely would, except Torkelson, compared to Josh Lowe, plays every day. So you will at least get those you know, everyday counting stats. Sorry, you caught me right in the middle of a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Moving on to uh, Minnesota, there's uh, we there's been a lot of hype in the fantasy world about Trevor Larnock and the opportunity he's getting lately. I am also excited. I I want to make that clear. I you know I I am one of I am one of the fantasy baseball sheeple. I also like Trevor Larnock. Uh, part I'm I'm part of the hive mind, part of the group think. Don't don't ever think that I'm not. But I want to also throw some water on the uh, the the bandwagon uh what did you throw water on bandwagons is the bandwagon on fire i don't know but breaking balls are a major weakness for trevor larnock he's a he's kind of like uh jorge soler in that respect except he's not good enough against fastballs to completely ignore his you know breaking pitch futility so far this year his whiff rate against breaking pitches is 73% he is swinging and missing at more than seven out of 10 breaking pitches that he swings at. And he's, he's actually in the same boat as Solaire in that he is seeing more breaking pitches than he is seeing fastballs. He's actually seeing only 37% fastballs, which is an insanely low number. It's it. I mean, it's pretty apparent that he can't hit balls that he, he, he can only hit pitches that come in straight and teams are taking advantage of that. You know, so far he's hitting 533 against fastballs. That's not going to keep up. You know, you know, 
he he either needs to do better against breaking pitches or see more fastballs. I think both of those will happen, but I don't know if it's going to balance things out enough that he winds up a good hitter overall. I'm absolutely riding the wave right now. I I, I like Larnock. I have him in a couple of leagues. Uh, as long as he's getting this opportunity, I'm going to have him on a couple of teams. But yeah, I, I there's some really concerning things here. Like the complete inability to hit pitches that move is not the recipe for a good hitter. Mm-mm. No. Uh, oh man, R.I.P. Alex Kirilov. <laughs> yeah, he's get he's getting Wally Pipped. I love that we have a second Wally Pip reference in the podcast. After I first can learned I, about it. Can we go for three? Please no. Wait, is there another opportunity for that to happen? God. Anyways, uh, <laughs> is there anyone on the White Sox? I didn't see anyone on the White Sox that particularly interested me. Um, I don't know if there was anyone there that I was... Um, I don't know I really why, to highlight. I don't know why Elvis Andrews isn't showing up on this list, but he is only rostered in, what is this, like 11% of leagues? Uh, I'm I, I'm still just as in on Andrus as I was when I profiled him for our middle infielder uh, preview. Deep middle infield is still a cesspool, and Andrus is still kind of a rock uh, amidst that cesspool. Not the kind of rock that's like going to sink, but like like the, uh, the kind of rock that you can hold on to to avoid sinking into the cesspool yourself. God, it's late. Uh, <laughs> I like... <laughs> oh my god. We're fine. I... Uh, I, I I have Andrus in TGFBI. I have no intention of dropping him. I, I think he's very solid. I, I think he's uh, kind of, I, I, I use this term every now and then. I think he's like a glue guy. He's the kind of guy that will, you know, provide stats every now and then. He won't kill you. And, you know, like I said in, in the middle infielder preview, he had that stretch last year where he was very literally one of the best players in the league for a couple of months. I don't think he's going to do that again, but it's nice to know that it's in there. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the AL West then. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, let's start with the Angels. You wrote down Jose Quijada. Yeah, he got a save. Yes. He was not on my my list of guys that I was hoping would get a save for mm-hmm. LA. Really, the entire list for me is Jimmy Herget. But I mean, Jose Quijada got the save, and they keep using Herget in the, like the seventh and the eighth. I, I don't know if that's a, a fireman kind of thing for Herget or if they just don't trust him in the truly high leverage spots. I don't know. But Quijada got a save. And as of this moment, <sighs> roster resource, uh, that, that was the, the most sad sigh that you just heard. Roster resource still has Carl, Carlos Estevez listed as the closer, Herget as the eighth inning guy, Quijada as the, the seventh inning guy. Honestly, I still think this situation can break down in any order with those three guys. I still think Herget is the best pitcher of the bunch, and he's definitely the most interesting pitcher of the bunch. But I mean, it it bears mention it, it you know it we have to mention that Quijada got that save. He's a lefty though, so I, that could have been just a situational mm. thing. I really I, I need to look more into that. You also look at the appearance and see what kind of batters he faced. Obviously, it could just be like it was two lefties in a row. Yeah, I got, like that. I got I got I got to find it. All right. Uh... Sticking with the Angels, Logan O'Hoppy still only 16% rostered, which I was kind of surprised by. Uh, he's a gotta-have type person in two-catcher leagues, and debatably like a 12-team one-catcher league type of guy, too. 
Oh yeah, there's absolutely a conversation there. Yeah. Um so I'm surprised that he is as low rostered as he is, but uh Ohapi is someone to keep an eye on. Um going to Houston, you had Chaz McCormick written down here. You know what? I, I think he's not rostered that much because it's just a bunch of people who hear oh hoppy and they're like i don't like ipas and then they move on your child yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) my my love of Chaz mccormick is well documented at this point i don't think we need to rehash that here uh Uh, he is should i should i rehash it should i should i wax poetic about Chaz mccormick again no no i won't (laughs) he's he's played he's (laughs) he's played four of the last five games um his main competition is jake myers who has only played one of the last five games i i think you can see the the correlation there but yeah uh mccormick is hitting sixth and seventh in a pretty strong lineup uh yeah that's it he plays he plays enough he's a good enough hitter what you're waxing again sorry sorry (laughs) he's got three stolen bases that is true. He does have three stolen bases. You're right. You know, uh, he, he topped out at 12 in a minor league season. Sorry, 19 in a minor league season. So there's some speed there, which hasn't really shown itself in the majors so far, but maybe the new rules are, you know, making him test his legs a little bit. He was a newborn before. Now he's a toddler. He's running around. Just toddling around. Just, just tottering around from first to second, picking up stolen bases. Chaz McCormick, a.k.a. Baby Legs. <laughs> folks it's 3 a.m oh it's so where bad. where i am it's it's 2 a.m where jordan is but uh that that's why this has gone completely off the rails in the last 20 minutes we crossed the hour mark and it just yeah it just cratered but moving on to oakland i'll let jordan do another victory lap here danny jimenez has pretty safely been much better than trevor may <laughs> So far this year, uh, Danny Jimenez has a 0.75 whip, hasn't given up a run in 2.2 innings pitched over two appearances. Obviously, it's not that big of a sample size, but looks really good so far. Trevor May, on the other hand, has given up a walk in every single one of his appearances and also has a whip of, I think, three. Trevor May leads the majors in wins. He also, so he he has two wins and a loss already. He's Um, a busy guy. Busy guy, busy, busy guy. Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of in on Danny Jimenez as the uh, as the best reliever in that Oakland Athletics pen. Dude, Chaz McCormick has a 188 WRC plus. My brother in Christ, we are literally <laughs> seven games into the season. Can't, can't fake a 188 WRC plus in seven <laughs> games. All right. Um, do do you think there's anyone interesting from Seattle? Not off the top of my head. I forgot to write anyone down for Seattle, I'll be honest. Um, you, you forgot to write Texas down straight up, so. I think I might have accidentally deleted Texas in my frantic uh, scrolling back down. Uh, so, I think I had Mitch Garver down there. Mitch Garver's had a good start to the year. Mitch Garver's I'm, been fantastic to start I might the be year. Make, I, was, I thought I was making that up, but I actually did put no, that down at no. one point. So he doesn't have catcher eligibility yet, but he will. And once he does, he becomes must roster in two catcher leagues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, actually, uh, how, I actually need to go see how many games he started at catcher so far. But um, so over but back to Seattle, uh, AJ Pollock has played four games in a row, hitting every spot from fifth to eighth, a different position, a, a different spot in the lineup every day. I don't think I'm interested in Pollock. What, what about you? 
you had like one good game. I'm pretty sure, right? Didn't he have like a two home run game and that's it? I don't even know if he had one really good game. Maybe he hit a home run. I want to say that he had a two home run game or something of the sort. I feel like I would have remembered that. Uh, yep, he had a two home run game with five RBIs on the oh, fourth. Wow. Yeah, those against, are his only uh, two and those are his only two hits. Yeah, I'm I'm probably just passing on AJ Pollock. It's it's a honest. pass for me. That's a no um, for me, dog. Uh, so Mitch yeah. Garver has two games at catcher so far, which means uh, in in the in the you know formats where three games gets you a you know, a new position, which I, I do play in leagues like that. That means he's you know his catcher eligibility is right around the corner. And uh, as far as other players in the Texas lineup. Robbie Grossman is playing every day, hitting sixth. I, I, God, I, it's so weird that he's playing every day and hitting sixth. I mean, he's doing okay. He's got like a, a, a close to, close to 800 OPS. I mean, he, he hit a home run. He's doing fine. I, and he's been good before. This it's just glowing. So, this it, is a glowing review. Like I'm, it's like I'm, I'm just struggling really hard to on the spot see what Texas sees because they are running him out there every day, and we, you know how many times do we say just the opportunity is enough? Sometimes, True. maybe that maybe the opportunity is enough here. He's, but like what made him good in the past was like fifteen fifteen kind of power and speed and twenty twenty potential, and he hit that potential once. Is that still there? I, I I don't know because he was terrible last year. I don't think I'm taking this chance. I'm probably going to wind up with you know no shares of Robbie Grossman all year long. But it's you know it's it's a desperation play, I guess. Yeah, not particularly interested in Robbie Grossman myself, uh, but I could see like obviously the cons- consistent playing time uh, would make a huge difference uh, if I was looking for someone to fill in in the outf- in an outfield spot. I yeah, just not really my speed. Yeah, and Brad Miller is playing is DHing most days against righties. He's got four out of five starts against righties at the DH spot. The only time uh, he didn't get the start against a righty is so Mitch Garver could get a DH game in. Uh, I mean, I I like Brad Miller, but I I, I think I'm going to be passing on him this year. I just don't think he's going to be playing enough. He's still he's still a daily league consideration. I, I'll I'll give him that. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I think that's all the teams. Then we we did it, Schwebzy. In what's what's the time? An hour and twenty seven minutes, folks. We went a little bit long, uh, as we are wont to do. But if if you're still is, with us, hey, to good be fair, for you, to, yeah, honestly, like tr- <laughs> absolute troopers. One, two. Th- this is a new thank format you. for us still. So like we're still working out the kinks. Uh, we'll yeah. probably get more efficient with this as time goes on. But and uh, again. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, give us feedback if you if you like the new format, don't like the new format, let us know. We, we you know, uh, we're still in the early days of the season. We can still change things up. I kind of like it. I kind of like the new format. It lets us talk about more players. It's true. Instead, of we do we we do need to we do need to tighten it up for the future, though. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. You don't you don't get the reference. Should I? Is that a reference? Never mind. Anyways, that'll be it for this week's. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna go with, uh, with, with gold member from Austin Powers. Toit. We, we need to get toit. Toit like a toyga. Like a toyga. Yeah. 
Oh, God, uh, it's so late. Oh, good Lord. Anyways, that'll be your say, say the thing. Let me say the thing, Jordan. Let you say the thing. No, let me say the here. thing. This is purgatory. <laughs> You're here forever. Uh, this is my limbo. No, uh, that'll be it for this week's episode of In the Deep. Thank you all so much for joining us once again. We appreciate it. If you want to follow myself or Shrubsy on Twitter, you can follow Shrubsy at Shrubsy. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I or myself at Bunt Singles. You can also follow our shared podcast account at In the DPL on Twitter. And if you want to send us any mailbag questions, find us there. Or you can email us at In the DPL at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Shrubsy, send them out. Bye, friends. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits. Business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.